Hello, welcome to A Disciple's Tidbit, a small seed of information to help grow your faith. My name is Craig, and I want to invite you to sit back and enjoy this mini-episode. Hello, welcome to this edition of A Disciple's Tidbit. So, what I want to talk to you about today is something that you may or may not have in your mindset as far as being a Christian, or if you're not a Christian, obviously, you know, you're still exploring this whole Christian and Christ thing. Uh, but what I want to talk to you about is something I like to call end times-itis. So you probably have figured out that I'm a little bit, I don't want to say obsessed, but I'm very fascinated by the, um, um, I guess you could call it the end times scenario. Um, I Mostly because obviously Jesus is so awesome, I want to be with him. You know, it's like I want to be with God. It was my created purpose. Uh, I was redeemed uh, by the blood of Jesus 28 years ago, and it's an ongoing thing. Um, I'm persevering until the end. I'm examining myself to make sure I'm in the faith. All these are Bible verses that I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Uh, but if it's one thing that I want to talk to believers about, and even if you're a non-believer, uh, to caution you about, so to speak, is... If you're going to be so laser focused on, say, one aspect of the Christian life, um, obviously the end times being one of them, you don't want to be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And that's more or less a saying that we've come up with in the church. And it sounds kind of weird initially, right? It's like we're supposed to be about all the things of God and the uh, word of God is supposed to just saturate our minds and we're to think of him continually, pray to him continually. And that doesn't necessarily mean that with every single uh, step we take, thank you, Lord, for this step I've taken. Thank you, Lord, for this next step I've taken. You know, that's a little bit repetitive. And I think Jesus kind of talked about, against that with the Pharisees and, you know, saying, you know, with your many words, you think that you're heard by God when in fact you're not, so to speak. And I'm paraphrasing there, of course. Uh, but we also need to be able to live life and to be able to live a genuine life. And what I mean by that, say, for example, if you're a man listening to this, and let's say you're a Christian, if you don't have a great home life, that is not going to be a good testimony to Jesus Christ, right? Similarly, if you work in a job and you're not doing the best you can and people know you're a Christian, that's not a good testimony for Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, you know, backing up to the family analogy, Paul talked about, I believe it was Paul, talked about that if you cannot even uh, manage your own family, how are you going to manage the family of God? Meaning that if you're an overseer or a pastor of a church and your family life is a wreck, how are you then going to manage the family of God in the church, right? So, we still have to engage, right? We have to engage with our families. You have to love your wife as Christ loved the church. You've got to love your kids. You've got to spend quality time with them. And you may not necessarily be doing things, quote unquote, Christian, right? It's like you you may be just sitting there having dinner and you're talking about your day. It's not necessarily, oh, well, Jesus told me this as I was going doing this and da 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 da, da. You're living your life, right? However, I will say this, in that um, obviously to some degree, we're going to still be 
probably by worldly standards, very obsessed with Jesus Christ, right? I have projects that I want to do. And some people ask me, it's like, well, do you think we even have time to do that? And it's like, well, I don't know. I'll occupy until he comes. And it's like, I know that's a Bible verse and it's very Christian-y to say that. But where is that even in the Bible? Well, to be quite honest, terminology is utilized from the King James Bible, and it's in Luke chapter 19, verse 13. And, and um, the context here is that um, the disciples thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately, right? And so Jesus is telling them a parable of the ten minas. And I'm just going to read this from the English Standard Version and then talk about the one verse in um, uh, the King James Version. Jesus is saying, a nobleman went into a far country to receive himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made 10 more. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you've been faithful in a very little, I, you shall have authority over 10 cities. And the second came to him saying, Lord, your mina has made five mina. And he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. Then another saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man, you take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man taking where I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money into the bank and at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take it, the mina from him and give it to the one who has 10 minus. And they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minus. I tell you that to everyone who has more, more will be given it from, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. So he's telling a parable here, obviously, to illustrate a greater truth that basically that God gives us spiritual gifts, right? So I'm trying to utilize mine. I have circumstances in my life. Uh, such as scheduling with my job um, that I can't regularly serve in my church, uh, my, my actual local church. So I utilize this to be able to try to do something with the spiritual gift that God has given me based on what Jesus taught in this parable, right? But the key thing that I want to zero in on is in verse 13 in the English Standard uh, Version, it says, calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas and says, engage in business until I come. The King James translated that as occupy until I come, right? So to that person that asked me on Twitter, it's like, do you think we even have time enough to write a book? Because that's one of the projects I want to do uh, before the rapture takes place. And I went, uh, probably not, but I'll occupy until he comes. And that's the idea. We want to continue to work. We want to continue the work of the kingdom of God, right? And especially as we start seeing the darkness start taking over 
not only our nation here in the United States, but also in the world, we're starting to see the church, at least especially here in the United States, is greatly diminishing. Even the local church I attend went from a really large building to a smaller multi-purpose building because of the signs of the times that are coming, right? Um, the fact that people aren't going to church as much, the, the fact that people are rejecting the faith a lot more, we are to occupy until he comes. But at the same time, we're supposed to be balanced at the same time, right? If you have a family, you've got to make sure your family is good and that your family is loved by you and that your kids aren't going to grow up not knowing a father, right? You've got to strike that balance. If you're working at any job whatsoever, we're told scripturally, I believe it's in the book of Colossians, that we are to work our jobs and our tasks as if we were doing them for Jesus himself, right? So when I'm at work, my work doesn't pay me to study the Bible or to preach the Bible. My work pays me to do something totally secular, right? That isn't necessarily bad. It's just not necessarily glorifying God. But in me doing the best job I can at that job, they know I'm a Christian. That's a good testimony for Jesus Christ. If I was doing a horrible job and a low performer and not doing my best every day, that would be a bad testimony for Jesus Christ. And most people would look at me and go, well, if he's any indication of what Jesus is all about, I don't want anything like that. But if I'm good at what I do and if I try to put my best foot forward all the time and they know I'm a Christian, they're going to be like, well, maybe there's something to this Jesus thing. We are to give the aroma of Christ, the aroma being a good aroma, and to have that balance and strike that balance, right? You can be a Jesus freak and a Jesus fanatic, but still have balance. No matter what your passion is in ministry, mine, I'm really passionate about the end times, but I know I have to strike that balance. And that's the point that I'm trying to make today. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. 
The Apostle John wrote that when he was pinning 1 John. He says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.